0: Hey, everybody, quick programming note. We are encouraging listeners to subscribe to our new podcast feed on Spotify or on Mixcloud. Previously, we were not able to include full songs in a podcast feed due to music licensing issues. Our new host, Anchor, has a new feature that allows you to include songs in our show on Spotify with a proper music license. The old feed still exists on Spotify and other platforms. But if you'd like to hear the show with all the songs included, subscribe with... One of the links featured on our website, damagegoodsradio.com, or you can find the link on our Instagram page. Spotify Premium listeners can hear the full show with songs included. Spotify Free Accounts can still hear the show with 30-second clips of each song. Mixcloud, all users can listen for free with the Mixcloud website or mobile app. No account or subscription is required to listen on Mixcloud. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Damage Goods Radio. I am one of your co hosts, my name is Matt Dunn. And who do I have in the virtual studio with me?
1: Hello, world. I am Chris Lar, aka DJ Dune Sting. Although I recently had my hair recolored to what's called slate, so I'm looking very less stingy today. So I might need a new DJ name.
0: Yeah, I thought I was having a business Zoom meeting here for a second. You're so professional these days. Don't give me lips, son,
1: or else I'll write you <laughs> up for insubordination. I run a tight ship here at Damaged Goods Incorporated.
0: Did you see the the recent Zoom call with the attorneys with the guy who put the cat filter on his face and couldn't figure out how to take it off during a judicial meeting?
1: That was fantastic. I think all meetings should be like that. I think he set the standard.
0: And He said, I am not a cat, and the judge said, I can see that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fantastic. I love it.
0: Already like the best quote of the year so far, so we're off to a good start, right?
1: It's only going to get better from here on out in 2021. sure hope so. So how was your week then? It's been a busy week. It's finally good to have a day off. And might I say that this weather here in the Raleigh area has been par excellence. It's just been great. I wore shorts today. So what does that say?
0: Is that a rare occurrence for you? Uh, Lately, it's
1: been jeans or leggings, but it's been uh, my bare legs all the way today.
0: So it's like that ZZ Top Song legs, kind of. That's right. I know how to use them. Well, I'm excited about this week's show. This is
1: literally the most excited I've been all week, because this week <laughs> is okay. The weather's been fantastic, but doing an episode of Damaged Goods, man, I know I brought some really excellent music. I know you brought some great music, and we got the hard-hitting news that the world needs to hear.
0: Yes, I'm excited for from this week in eBay to our eBay Price is Right game show. I think the M&M brick from his childhood home threw you off a little bit last time, if I recall correctly. So that
1: that really did throw me off. Like I said, I thought the cyberpunk little floppy disk was going to be the big one, but I never would have thought that. But you were channeling your inner Bob Barker, and I can say you were crushing it.
0: Well, stay tuned and don't forget to neuter your pets.
1: That's right. Spay and neuter your pets. No whammy, no
0: whammy, no whammy. Oh, that's the wrong game show. That's Pressure Your Luck. Oh, Press Your Luck. I used to watch that all every day during summer vacation. It would come on the USA channel. Oh, yeah, I loved that game show, particularly whenever they got the whammy, then you get the little animated whammy that...
1: <laughs> that show was great. I
0: never really oh. understood
1: how it worked, but I just enjoyed watching it.
0: What I watched a bit during the early part of the quarantine was the old Supermarket Sweep. Did you watch that game
1: show? Was that the show with Guy Fieri on it, the Flavortown guy?
0: No, it was – I can't remember the guy's name. He, it's where they go into the grocery store, and they have to guess the prices of all the groceries. <laughs> and that's <laughs> the whole game show. Have you never seen it? It's, it's amazing. You should watch it.
1: I, I got to check this out. It sounds like price is right, but they couldn't afford the, the high-end sponsors. So they just go to a grocery store and make do with what they can get. <laughs>
0: It really is grocery store prices, right? Like low budget. So they pick someone out of the audience and they'll come up and they have to answer a couple of random questions and they get to go run through the store and shove as much stuff as they can in their grocery cart. They have to guess the prices of, is this stick of butter more expensive than this, you know, can of whipped cream? But people go nuts at the end and they just start running through the store, just grabbing, I guess it's kind of like a shopping spree. They're just grabbing like five hams and 20 buckets of fried chicken or whatever. It's it's very entertaining to watch. Sounds
1: like Raleigh the day before a, a snowstorm. Everyone just panics and starts just cramming as much as they can from the grocery store.
0: Oh my god. So I used to work at a grocery store and let's just forget that trauma right now. So
1: sorry for bringing up such hard memories.
0: Oh no worries. Well, first of all, you got to write down your homework is to watch supermarket sweep this week. So
1: it will happen because you've intrigued me.
0: I think it's on Netflix and Hulu, maybe. It's on one of those.
1: I have Netflix. I'm sure there's back episodes on YouTube I could watch.
0: I think they just did a new version, but I haven't seen it yet.
1: I might just pirate it all. I'm not going to let the supermarket overlords <laughs> tell me how to live my life.
0: Apparently, it wasn't a real grocery store. They just took a set and made a fake grocery store out of it. I
1: remember when I was a, a little kid, and this was back in the 70s, and my mom would go to like, an appliance store like to buy a new fridge. And the fridge would have plastic food inside of it. Plastic meat and egg container with no eggs and a plastic head of lettuce. It was all made out of plastic. One thing that's interesting is it's like a big thing in Japan is making plastic food displays for restaurants. It's like if you work at a restaurant, you can have plastic replicas of your food in the windows for people to see before they decide to go in and try it. And that's like a big (laughs) thing there. Like everyone does it.
0: Did you see it in all the restaurant windows?
1: I wouldn't say I saw it in all of them, but I did see some plastic looked like a food display. But they're pretty damn well done. I mean, it's not something out of a cheesy mold. It's like someone put a lot of care into making this bowl of udon or ramen or something because it looks really good.
0: So if it's the Arby's Meat Mountain, do they have a plastic meat mountain?
1: They would, yeah. (laughs) Plastic Domino's One Kilo Cheese Ultra.
0: Damn, that's some hardcore plastic pizza there.
1: That's nothing but plastic. It'll take millions of years for that to degrade as well, doing nothing for the Earth.
0: I think we should do the opposite. We should do something good for the Earth. We're going to play the Australian track of the week. Woohoo! It is a brand new song by a band out of Melbourne. They're called Worst Nurse.
1: Worst Nurse. I love Worst Nurse.
0: The self-described world's first and best nurse punk band. They have a brand-new single called Fresh Out of Bedpans.
1: I know a lot of nurses, and they are some of the most
0: hardcore punk people you'll ever meet. Absolutely. And this band apparently is all nurses. They're the real deal. We also are going to play a song that is first song I ever heard that was a celebration of Daylight Savings Time, which I really appreciate that. There's a band we interviewed on the show a few years back, a band called Gym Shorts. And I love the band name. What a great name. Really cool band out of Providence. Rhode Island they're a really funny band you're gonna love it they have a song called Daylight Savings and we're gonna play another band called The Tsunamis which does a I think a bit of a tribute to the director John Waters here we go this is Worst Nurse with Fresh Out of Bedpans and you just heard a band out of Brighton UK that was a band called Lime Garden with a track called Surf and Turf
1: I absolutely loved that sound that was fantastic
0: I think they're a fairly new band. They just have a few singles out so far, but really cool.
1: Some of those synthy sounds and the drums were, were excellent. I loved it. That was tremendous. Great way to open the show.
0: A little bit of the surfy vibe in there, of course.
1: And a little bit of the turfy vibe as well.
0: Before Lime, you heard a band called The Tsunamis with a track called Trash Talk, which is off of their Saturday Night Sweetheart album from 2015. Great stuff out of yeah, Great stuff out of Bloomington, Indiana. There was a band we played a while back from Bloomington called The Draculas with their (laughs) album, Too Drunk to Suck, that they sent me in the mail. It's pretty cool stuff. I love the name. (laughs) Yeah, it's great, but I don't know, other than those two, I don't know a whole lot. Before the Tsunamis, you heard a band out of Providence, Rhode Island. They're called Jim Shorts, and that was a track called Daylight Savings because it's Daylight Savings time now. I interviewed Jim Shorts... A few years back in Greensboro, North Carolina, they played a great show with North Carolina's Pie Face Girls.
1: Love, 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 love Pie Face Girls.
0: One of the, the great local bands of this area. We actually had Clay on the show years ago, and we had Danny as well, and that was really fun.
1: Love them to death. They are fantastic. The last time I saw them perform live was, I don't know, maybe three years ago at Two or three years ago at Groove in the Garden, and they all dressed up as flowers with like these flower headdresses. Oh, I missed that. (laughs) Oh, it was fantastic. They were the highlight for me.
0: saw them play a great show opening for The Descendants at the Ritz.
1: That is a good band to open up for, too. I love The Descendants. Yeah, that was a really cool show. That's an honor right there as far as I'm concerned.
0: Uh, Jim Shorts played a house show with Pie Face Girls at a place called the Hellraiser House. The reason it's called the Hellraiser House is because there's this giant, creepy church right across the street where they actually filmed part of Hellraiser 3 at. <laughs> <laughs> Literally right across the street. It's this giant church that looks like it was built in the 1800s or something, and it's probably filled with ghosts and whatnot. But it was a really fun show, and I interviewed them in, in the backyard, and it was pitch black, and it was really weird, but it was so much fun. And it's a great interview, so I'll have to post a link to that in the show notes. So you can hear the wild and wacky interview with Jim Shorts
1: at the Hellraiser House.
0: Wish right, great memories there.
1: I've never been, but I I just want to go places now because after being cooped up for a year, I'm ready to go out into the world and hear some music and see some people. But
0: gonna gonna play it safe soon. Before Jim Shorts, to start off the set, you heard our, the Australian track of the week. That was a band out of Melbourne called Worst Nurse, and they've got those two, the two umlauts. It's W-U-R-S-T and U-R-S-E with the umlauts. It's pretty cool spelling, and that was a track called Fresh Out of Bedpans.
1: Yeah, for a minute, I thought, just based on the, the spelling alone, I thought they'd be like the most heaviest hardcore death metal band because only they use umlauts. So Worst <laughs> Nurse, you're breaking some boundaries here. I love it.
0: Speaking <laughs> of breaking boundaries, we have some food news.
1: We do have food news. We have the the news that people need to hear. The public, we're doing a service. What have you got? Last month in the Washingtonian, there was an article published, a Waffle House in D.C.? There's a petition. We live in a Waffle House desert. Does it have to be this way? So there's a petition floating around the District of Columbia to bring a Waffle House to them. And it's more of a third of the way to the goal. The petition blames, quote, big pancake lobbyists, (laughs) the location of America's favorite diner outside the nation's capital. It was started by native Floridian, Noah Whitehead, a senior at American university. And he said the idea came to him when he was having breakfast in DC and realized, quote, things could be so much better. He said, I think this needs to be a DC wide issue. I feel that most of DC agrees. We need a Waffle House. A person for Waffle House has not replied to the query. About whether the chain is going to enter the DC market. But this brings up some really disturbing questions. I want to learn more about this big pancake lobby. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg, the tip of the Illuminati sized pyramid that starts with a pancake lobby. And like a big stack of pancakes, the syrup dripping down it, it just gets deeper down the rabbit hole. And what starts with no Waffle House, soon there's going to be no Denny's, no Huddle House, and it's just going to be nothing but IHOPS. And then we lose our freedom.
0: I guess there is no. Waffle houses in DC. De- I just take those for granted, like thinking they're everywhere. I guess when they formed
1: the nation's capital, they said it couldn't be part of any state. So maybe they were the same way with Waffle House. We have to be neutral so we can't have a Waffle House. But yeah, there's apparently the, the big pancake lobby. They're behind it all. We need to get <laughs> to the bottom of
0: this. Who's responsible? So do you think this is an IHOP conspiracy?
1: It's possible that in the allegedly – in the, the deep, dark halls of IHOP headquarters, there's like a shadowy board sitting around a table in a smoke-filled room, plotting the demise of Waffle House and all their competitors. First goes Waffle House, then Huddle House, Biscuitville. They're taking over, man. They're taking over.
0: <laughs> I just can't believe that they don't have a Waffle House in the nation's capital. That seems like a very un-American-like thing.
1: I mean, considering all that Waffle House does for our country, I mean, the (laughs) food boards, I mean, next federal disaster planning is contingent upon Waffle House. Did you know about this?
0: Right. The Waffle House Index.
1: That's right. Yeah. Because FEMA, if they go to an area where they suspect like a major disaster, say a (laughs) hurricane or some kind of massive blizzard or storm, if Waffle House closes, then you know that shit's gotten real because Waffle Mm -hmm. House doesn't close for anything. Maybe that's part of what the big pancakes trying to do. Maybe they're, maybe they want to cause a natural disaster. I don't know. This goes down deep, man. We need Mulder and Scully on this one. You think it's just uh, alien colonization, but no, pancakes. It's it's always been about pancakes, my friend.
0: Are they they currently lobbying to make this happen? Is this kind of a shot in the dark?
1: They're more of a third of the way to the goal. They apparently, for the petition to be even considered, they have to have a hundred signatures. As of February 1st, Florida man Noah Whitehead has 37 signatures. Thank God there's 37 real Americans that know what <laughs> what. And they're going to stick it to the big pancake lobby. Bunch of oh, combs. Is,
0: is IHOP, is that the elitist snooty breakfast all night place? or? Yeah,
1: yeah that's where the 1% get, <laughs> get their, their bacon and egg. Not Waffle House where real Americans eat.
0: Where, is where, where does Denny's fall into this?
1: Denny's is middle America. So they're like the nuclear family. They eat at Denny's. But real Americans, salt of the earth, Waffle House. You, you look at a Waffle House, I mean, it's you can't get more salt of the earth than that.
0: That's true. Well, speaking of Waffle House, also wanted to talk about Denny's. Uh, the story's a couple years old, but I don't know. It's too good not to discuss. Were you aware in 2019... That there was a hardcore punk show that happened at a Denny's in Santa Ana, California.
1: I was not aware of this. Tell me more.
0: A 17-year-old kid he rented out a Denny's, which I didn't know you could do that. Because if I was 17 and I'd known that, I would have definitely put on some kind of show there. But he rented out a Denny's after it closed and had a the hardcore punk band Wacko play. <laughs> <laughs> Hundreds of kids showed up, and there was over a thousand dollars in damage that the kid had to pay. The band Wacko actually did a GoFundMe show to help um, help pay damages for the, uh, the Denny's in Santa Ana, California.
1: That's fantastic. I mean, I feel bad for the Denny's because I mean they're just trying to rent out their space, but man, kudos to Wacko for helping that kid pay his bill.
0: And we actually have a clip of a local news segment from Fox LA about <laughs> about the incident here
2: expect to see in a family-friendly diner. The Long Beach-based punk band Wacko plays plenty of clubs, but last Saturday the venue was the Denny's Diner in Santa Ana.
1: This kid sent us a message and asked us if we wanted to play in Denny's and I said, don't mess with us, we'll play if it's actually inside of Denny's and he
2: said, yeah,
1: I talked to the manager.
2: The band promoted the show on social media and claims fans came from out of state. Two hours before the 7 o'clock show, the restaurant was flooded with fans. That might have been good business for Denny's, but then the band started to play, and fans started to rock, redefining the Denny's term, Grand Slam.
0: There was supposed to be four or five
1: more bands, and so we were the first band, and I think we just got on and did our thing. And, you know, I don't think they were necessarily trying to break that thing. You know, it's kind of that thing that... The punching bags. They're just like fun, you know. <laughs> You're not like, oh, destroy. You're
2: just like, ah. Denny's manager wouldn't go on camera with Fox 11 News, but she's seen in some of the video. She told me the banquet room was reserved in advance, but at no time was it known there'd be a full-on concert. Denny's is a family-friendly restaurant, and while we do have banquet space available at some restaurants, we do not allow events that can disrupt the dining experience of our guests.
1: Um, we really like to get paid for the experience we give out especially if it's gonna be at a show that was as cool as Denny's but I knew that this kid had other things to think about besides paying us.
2: Ultimately the 17 year old who organized the show was hit with a bill for the damages that prompted the band to put up this appeal for fans to send him money via Venmo.
1: Bryson you know he's 17 years old it's his first show he's ever thrown and it was the best show night anybody's ever gone to. Oh, that was
0: fantastic. I, I have some questions about that. So the show started at 7 o'clock, but what Denny's – say what Denny's closes at 7 p.m.?
1: Yeah, that, that's what confused me because I thought most Denny's were – aren't they 24 hours like a Waffle House or an IHOP?
0: That's what I thought, and also a banquet room. Did, do Denny's always have a banquet room? Is that something I don't know about?
1: Uh, people out there, if you watch the video, and, and we strongly encourage you to watch this video of the news clip. This Denny's looks huge. I mean, there was well over a hundred, several hundred people in there. Giant mosh pit. And that guy in the pink football helmet, he's my new personal hero. (laughs) And and the band was just fantastic. Yeah, we like to get paid, but only if we can do it at a Denny's. I mean, rock on. I loved that. You know, let's not go to see Nickelback next year, no matter how desperate we get. And we're going to hold out. We need to see a band at Denny's. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I would love that.
1: I wonder if we could rent out a waffle house. Like, mm. hey, if we can earn this much money, can we can we rent your waffle house for a day? And then we can get pie face girls, worst nurse, someone, anybody, anybody to play it. I'm I'm all for it.
0: The louder, <laughs> the better. Absolutely.
1: Obviously, there's a lot we don't know about Denny's, and once again, I'm going to attribute this to the uh, the evil Machiavellian machinations of the big pancake lobby.
0: Speaking of food. This song is about food. So we've got new music out of Austin, Texas, a band called Annabelle Chairlegs. We have a song by them called Candy Apple Red off of their Gotta Be In Love album from 2020. It's really cool stuff. And we got a new band out of San Francisco called Fake Fruit, speaking of fake food that you mentioned earlier. (laughs) And we've got some new music out of Spain as well. As they say, don't touch that dial. And you just heard a band out of Melbourne, Australia. They were called Bitch Diesel. (laughs) Great band name there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That was a brand new track. That was a track called I Don't Want to Go Out, which is a cover of – actually a cover of a band called X. Not the X that everyone thinks of from California, but there was actually another punk band called X that was based (laughs) out of Australia
1: i'm telling you australia is the mecca of awesome music we need to take a pilgrimage down there because man absolutely every time you play the australian track of the week or we're playing stuff from sydney and particularly melbourne it's always incredibly super duper amazing
0: absolutely there was a band in australia called x that had an album called aspirations that came out i believe 78 or 79 is a really great album, and I was like, wait, there's a, another band called X that's amazing. Before Bitch Diesel, you heard a band called Bellaco out of Mon- Mungia, Spain. Am I'm saying that correctly. And that was a track called Truth that was off their Plastic Drama album from 2020.
1: Love their sound, good guitars, good drums, A+.
0: Plus. They're a cool band. They've got some post-punk, almost some Britpop kind of sounding stuff in there. Yeah, I dug it. And for Balaco, you heard a band out of San Francisco, California. They're called Fake Fruit because everyone loves the corny fake fruit that's on your aunt's uh, dinner table. That's right. And that was a track called No Mutuals off of their self-titled Fake Fruit album, which I believe is coming out uh, this month in March. Oh, it's not been formally released yet. Right, it's uh, it's brand new stuff. And to begin the set, you heard a band called Annabelle Chairlegs off of their (laughs) Gotta Be a Love album from 2020 uh, out of Austin, Texas. That was a track called Candy Apple Red.
1: Kind of an interesting band name, but their their sound was phenomenal. And I loved it 100%. She could sing and everything going on was, was
0: A+. Cool band, I saw the Night Owl Music Festival a few years ago with Death Valley Girls, amongst some other bands. Very cool. And Mr. Ty Siegel, so good times.
1: What was I doing during all this? Good question. (laughs) What were you doing? Wasting my life, not listening to good music like this. I think it's about time for
0: the eBay game.
1: The greatest game in the history of Internet land.
0: So it kind of mutated from This Week in eBay to sort of The Price is Right mixed with eBay. Well, I hope I don't get any whammies. So, the way it works is I will name three items off of eBay, and this is how much they actually sold for on eBay, not how much they were going for, but how much someone actually purchased these items for. So, are you ready for eBay prices, right? I was born for this. Okay. So, <laughs> first item we have from 1978, we have the BGS Rhythm Machine, which is a toy synthesizer that the Bee Gees themselves put out. And have you ever seen the, the Bee Gees rhythm machine? I have not. It was actually used during the recording of Kraftwerk's Pocket Calculator song. Oh, that's Most awesome. or not like the real song, not 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 one of those Zeta YouTube covers, but on the actual song itself. The second item we have is also from 1978. It is a collection of four ABBA dolls of the four members of ABBA.
1: <laughs> I, I can see where something like that exists because ABBA was super popular, and the two ladies were very photogenic and very they were symbols of their time in the 70s. So I I could see that they're being themed dolls of ABBA. I know they had Kiss dolls too. Okay, yeah, there's the the keyboard. Wow, that looks super 70s.
0: The third item we have is. Northwest Rock Trading Cards. These are basically grunge trading cards from 1991. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Which they were a few of the little lesser known grunge bands, I think probably because it was cheaper to license them. So it has such bands as Gas Huffer and the Squirrels, world-famous grunge names.
1: <laughs> grunge has done enough damage to the world, now they have to do this to us.
0: <sighs> <laughs> so one of these items went for... Thirty dollars recently on eBay. The other one went. One of them went for one hundred and twenty-five dollars, and another one went for sixteen hundred dollars on eBay. So let's start off with the BG's Rhythm Machine. Do you think this one went for 125 dollars, or sixteen hundred?
1: I'm gonna say sixteen hundred since it was the Bee Gees. Yeah, sixteen hundred for the Bee Gees Rhythm Machine.
0: Oh, sorry, that is incorrect what this one at the bg's rhythm machine actually went for 125 dollars. all
1: right i knew it wasn't going to be 30 i know what 30 is going to be i already have that in my
0: mind <laughs> so with that in mind yes so the northwest rock trading cards the grunge trading cards did those go for 1600 or 30 30 30 bucks correct you are, you are yeah. absolutely you knew that was going to be 30 dollars then last but not least, of course, we have the all four original ABBA dolls went for sixteen hundred dollars recently on eBay.
1: And I can see that. I, I was I knew that the sixteen hundred was either gonna be the Bee Gees or ABBA because they were both insanely popular during that time. I figured since the Bee Gees was used by other bands that got I figured that was gonna be the winner. I could have gone either way, but I knew that the trading cards yeah, that was shit. I knew that was going to be 30 bucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't think people were paying $600 for Gas Huffer trading cards?
1: I'm surprised someone paid $30 for Gas Huffer trading
0: cards. <laughs> I have nothing against them. I just, I only knew about them because I watched a documentary about grunge music and I was like, oh, there's a band called Gas Huffer. Okay.
1: I'm pretty sure somewhere in Seattle, the lead singer of Gas Huffer would be like, you fucking assholes, I'm going to get down here and kick their ass.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it is funny to see when you get to the – because I read a book about the oral history of grunge music, and which is called Everybody Loves Our Town. It's a great read if you like oral history, but they they get really into the nitty-gritty of bands like Cat Butt that were slightly less known than Pearl Jam and Nirvana, so it gets really weird.
1: I want to hear a band called Cat Butt, to be honest
0: with you. <laughs> YouTube is your friend, then. Is YouTube a, is my friend. Magic happen? YouTube is there for me. You're dying <laughs> to hear Cat Butt. I am. I
1: can't get enough Cat Butt in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, right? The world needs Cat Butt.
0: <laughs> so, Chris, did you bring some music
1: this week? Oh, yeah, I definitely brought some music because, you know, as you know, our mission here on Damaged Goods is not just to play the best music ever made but to corrupt the youth of America. We're playing all of Satan's favorites here. So we're going to take a one-way ticket to hell, starting with a post-punk band from Birmingham, UK, from their album Playing With A Different Sex. The song is called It's Obvious from the super satanically stellar band All Pairs. Hello everyone, we are back with Damage Goods Radio, and what you just heard was the song Functionality by Pylon from their 1980 debut album Gyrate from BB Records. What'd you think of that?
0: I love that band. I feel like I massively underrated them because I'd heard a song or two years ago, and I was like, oh, this pretty cool, but I just didn't really pay attention to it. They came out with a box set recently of all their material.
1: And they're really... They're from Athens, Georgia, which is a big epicenter of a lot of indie music, but they really got their lift from Fred Schneider and Kate Pearson of the B-52s and helped them out early in their career and getting them a deal. I mean, they opened with B-52s, R.E.M., Talking Heads, U2, Gang of Four, which we played last time, Love Tractor. So, I mean, they're, they're kind of a big band, but aren't well known, which is kind of sad because they're awesome.
0: Which is the unfortunate thing, because I think they yeah, they played with those bands, obviously. They got big like R.E.M. and B-52s, but I guess they just never had a... Maybe they were just too weird to have a hit song.
1: They could play at the level of those bands, but they never got to the success level. They were just at the talent level, is how I see it. it.
0: I love all those bands, but I think R.E.M. and B-52s had a bit more pop flavor in there. I would say that, and U2. Right. I loved that song. I hear a lot of bikini kill slater kenny influence from pylon could be wrong but no i hear, I,
1: I definitely hear that and I, I think that's spot on spot on spot on good chap
0: <laughs> thank
1: you before then was uh, a very appropriate for our satanic rock block hell hotline by the tempers or <laughs> actually just tempers from their 2020 album services released by Dias records they're a New York City duo that is self-described as, quote, ice-cold electronics blends, slow static disco, pop sensibilities amidst a gothic industrial soundscape.
0: You just named all of my favorite things wrapped into one?
1: That's right. It's, it's like a sushi roll where they put all those awesome things and just roll it up in <laughs> one convenient package. But, yeah, Temper's a great album. I would love to find a copy of Services on vinyl. That
0: was brand new to me.
1: Released last year. It's not even a year old. Before then, and I might be murdering the name of the song, so I apologize in advance. Je Rez Raz by Belgrado. That's from their t- 2013 album Siglo 21 or Siglo XXI. Uses Roman numerals. A DIY post-punk band from Barcelona, Spain. Consists of a transplanted Venezuelan, British and citizen, and a Polish woman. They consider themselves Caribbean sensibility with a Barcelona sound, Mediterranean background, and cosmopolitan multiculturalism. That's pretty deep. Great band. Uh, Didn't know a whole lot
0: about them, but fantastic.
1: Really had a really good – it describes it as a like post-punk band, but I thought it was almost very gothic. Very. I really liked it. Definitely. And then we opened with one of our favorite bands, All Pairs, with It's Obvious – from their 1981 album from human records playing with a different sex. I thought we had an amazing little block there.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: I hope I was able to bring it this time in the music department.
0: Oh yes, absolutely.
1: I brought it. We both brought it.
0: We have come to my least favorite part of the show.
1: This is the part of the show that makes me sad and it hurts my heart.
0: We have to say goodbye. Where can people find you on the internet if they want to yell at you or praise your musical taste?
1: I have a stupid Tumblr page called the Funky Grognard talks about role play games and life in general. My Twitter feed is at Funkasonics and my Instagram page for those that do the Insta thing is Funky Grognard. A little quick shout out to uh, my friends at the Yacht Club Beverage House in Youngsville. The owner, Brandon, listens to our show and was most impressed with my knowledge of the k album, 25 Polka Hits. So we gave me a shout out about us, so I want to return the favor to him.
0: Oh, absolutely. Do you think that would be a cool place to record a a live podcast if such a thing were possible in safer times?
1: I think it would be. I think he would be all for it. And his knowledge of music is also well up there. He can bring it.
0: So lots of drinking with a microphone. What could go wrong, right?
1: What could go wrong? That's right. In a yacht house club setting. With a fan of rap music and reggae.
0: I've always wanted to do a live podcast, of course, in safe times, if that ever happens again. Throughout so you out there, venues, hit us up when it's safe to do so.
1: I believe in my heart of hearts that it will be safe again. I don't know if it's going to be this year, maybe next year. You know, I work at a hospital, for those that don't know, and we're, at least in North Carolina, we're at six weeks straight of declining COVID rates. Vaccinations are going up. So things are getting better, just not to sound too heavy, folks, but don't be a fuckwit at this point. Wear your mask. Social distance avoids crowds. Wash your hands. Be smart. Don't. We're running towards the touchdown. Don't, don't do a little dance right before you get there and then get tackled by COVID.
0: Well, so we're going to end it with a band out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and um, they are called Total Rubbish, and their music is anything but Total Rubbish. They have an EP they put out in 2020 called the Triple Negative EP, and we're going to play a track off of that called What's Your Damage? We will see you next time. Take care, world. Good night.